0: M. Rasiano and Michael Lucas You have been warned, it is Giggle Fest
1: 2020 This is Emsolation
0: Are you being discriminated against now because know it's
1: carrot? Like a dickhead's a dickhead no matter what Mustymo went from zero to kidnap very quickly It's not socially acceptable to go out without your pants on We've all accepted the fact that pants are necessary
0: You're in Emsolation Yeah well I booked the hotel out, bitch, come at me, I've got big balls Hello, welcome to Emsolation How are you? How you feeling? Where are you at? Have you eaten today? Have you had a drink? Do you need to get a better night's sleep? Have you gone out and moved? I'm just asking you questions I like to be asked. <laughs> hey, I just wanted to kind of talk about the unsung heroes of what's been going on in the world. And I did a little post about my 13-year-old daughter, Odie, yesterday. And I don't think kids are getting enough credit for how resilient they're being and how they're rolling with the punches. And can you imagine how scary it would be for a kid at the moment who has no concept that this will one day be over? You know, this is big and, and very all-consuming and and what their little lives are revolving around. And especially now if you're in Melbourne, they're not going to school anymore and also, my heart goes out to any parents of autistic kids who are very much reliant on their routines. I know a couple parents who, who are in a situation where it's very traumatic what's going on for their child and you, it, you can't explain it in a way that suits them. So, you know, there's a lot of kids out there that are finding it tough. So I guess what I wanted to ask you, and this applies to people who don't have kids, is Maybe say well done to the kid in your life. It could be your nephew, your grandchild, your friend's kid, your own kid. Maybe do something nice for them out of the ordinary. I don't know. Ice cream for dinner. Um, Send them balloons in the mail that when you open the box, it pops out. Make them something special. Let them watch telly at a weird time. You know, just something a surprise and delight for the kid in your life I just think, you know, we just expect them to fold in a lot of the time. And I know that I've been guilty of that of like, look, you know, this pandemic is happening to everyone and we just got to do it. And, but we kind of forget probably the deep psychological trauma that this is imparting on them. And then maybe they're hiding it, but maybe they're not. And I just think sometimes we forget because we love our kids so much. And in our minds, like, oh, that's enough. There's love, there's a roof over their head. But, Every now and then – and look, probably a lot of you are doing this. I think it's important to say to them, hey, you're doing a really great job and this is a scary time for all of us and I just wanted to let you know that I can see how hard you're working and and I know that you're missing your friends. And I think allowing them to put words to their emotions and then giving them something kind of special might be a nice way to – let them know that you see them, and and you know this is this is about them as well as you. So yeah, it's just something I thought I thought about. You know, I don't think kids are getting enough credit for how wonderful they're being, and and just getting out of bed each day and rocking up. As you know, as an adult, is tough, but also we're able to kind of intellectualize it and go, okay, well, hopefully in forty days this is over. But remember when you were a kid, forty days may as well be forty years. Like tomorrow was ages away. And it must seem just like so weird and big and alien and what the hell is going on and I can't go to school and I can't see my friends and I've got to wear a mask and, you know, it's, it's big scary stuff. That's all I wanted to say. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Today's episode, we'll see Michael and I discussing, surprise, surprise, Brett Sutton, <laughs> but also Deputy Chief Health Officer, Dr Nick, Nick with the good hair, Nick Coatsworth. Oh. He came to my attention last week on the project. Goodness me. What is this? Are they only hiring attractive silver foxes? If so, I'm all for this hiring strategy. And we talk about incredible Trump interview that's going around. An Australian reporter has just shot to fame in the States because he interviewed Trump as though as as if it were one of us. Like, instead of maintaining any sort of professional facade when Trump said something ridiculous, he just his entire body reacted. And he'd just be like, Really? That's what your answer is? Like he just Gave zero fucks. It's quite refreshing. We talk about that. We talk about what's going on with Ellen. Oh, God. Things just keep going from bad to worse for Ellen. And also, because I've got you a couple of TV show recommendations. Oh, the most wholesome viewing. I've got something for the whole family. All of you will sit down and shed a tear, but a joy tear, a happy tear, because you know my favourite quote from Steel Magnolia's. Laughter through tears is my favourite emotion. Dolly Parton, thank you. Very good Dolly Parton accent. For those of you who used to listen to the M and Harley radio show, you'll remember that I did used to do a lot of Dolly Parton impersonating. <laughs> Michael and I, were trying. to we want to come up with a few segments that I can write openers to, you know, obviously, and sing the openers. So if you have any suggestions for segments that you'd like to hear us do, hello at mraciano.com or just um, send me a DM on Instagram or send a DM to the Insulation Instagram account. Always love your feedback, guys. All right, let's get into it. Look after yourself. I just want to keep saying that to the person, you right now, the person listening to this podcast, look after yourself. <laughs> okay, play the music.
1: M. Rossiano and Michael Lucas. This is M. Salation.
0: Michael Lucas, Hello?
1: Amelia Rossiano, hello.
0: I was just telling you uh, off air how I'm scared to drive home from the project because I finish after curfew and um, I'm worried. What happens? Am I going to get pulled over 50 times? Like do I (laughs) – I've already requested a little letter from the project, like I'm asking my mum for a permission slip.
1: (laughs) I'd be more worried about being caught on one of those cameras because we are in this time of absolute state pride about our empty roads and if we see one vehicle on those roads, people will zoom in, they'll find the (laughs) licence plate.
0: Oh, God, don't. (laughs) I can't be a corona villain. I can't. (laughs) Yeah, it's like the, the, the pictures were stirring. Dan Andrews posted all the major arterials in Melbourne at you know what would normally be a quite a busy time and they were empty mm-hmm. and he just wrote thank full stop you full stop so much emotion in two words but I saw it you sent it to me and I saw it and I got like I felt so proud I was like Melbourne Good on you.
1: I know. You know. And I do remember at the start of this whole thing, like 50 years ago when the pandemic started, I remember someone saying, <laughs> you know, we all go on about how creepy and apocalyptic the streets are. But when I look at the streets and there's no one on them, I just think, well, it's love. It's you're showing love to other it's humans. Exactly. And I never felt it until that picture. And I thought, oh, we, t- you know, we, we were looking out for each other. We're looking yeah, out for each can other. Yeah, we
0: could do this, guys. We could do it. 40 days to go. Come on. Woo, woo. Let's <laughs> turn it into a sporting thing. Sport. Um, yeah, we have. You and I have been dis- discussing Dan Andrews a lot via text message because, you know, it's very complicated.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's very Con- complicated yeah. and also strangely intimate. Not that he's aware of that.
0: No. I mean, he does follow me on Twitter. Don't forget. So, like, we are okay. kind of friends. Yeah. Well, his person follows me on Twitter. But I like to think it's Dan Andrews late at night tapping away on Twitter because he has so much time.
1: I think he does spend a bit of time online, you know. I really reckon he does. He certainly – his online game is very strong. I mean, that post yeah. last night, case in it's point. It's great.
0: Oof. But, I mean, we're obviously the hotel inquiry is um, upon us and a lot of questions are being asked but not necessarily answered. Oh, no. And I think I'm kind of frightened to – Say anything about it, Dan Andrews, because I don't think it matters anything that he's done that's good Bruno you know, prior to this, if this turns out to be as big a clusterfuck as we think it's gonna be, I think I think he's in real trouble.
1: Oh, Danny I don't know. People are still trenchantly support him though. They really do. But I mean, it, I suppose it's the ultimate test. If we get to the end of this inquiry and we oh. find out, you know what, they can trace all of this back to the, that security guard situation. And, and it's worse, if someone says, and you know what? They were warned. They were told this is not happening and they overlooked it. Then then that, Oh, it's going to be pretty
0: hard. It's going to be pretty hard. It is. But also on the other hand is that he's governing. He's leading. He's being decisive. He's not being political. But then part of me wonders if he knows this is his last hurrah. So, you know, when footy players announce their retirements, then they have the game of their life, the next match. Yeah. Because all the pressure's off them. I don't know if maybe Dan's going in hard now because he knows maybe he's going to be done after this and he wants to leave a better, like he wants to leave a legacy of having fixed the fuck up. I mean, maybe I'm reading too deep into it. There is a Facebook group that's a virtual hug for Dan Andrews. (laughs)
1: I, yeah, I saw that. Oh God, it's got like hundreds of thousands of people. Yeah, I yeah. saw a lot of my friends from interstate, they're just reaching across oh. to do a bit of a hug. Yeah. But I also, I do feel though that I'm already feeling, we're only two days in, so I should, probably shouldn't characterise this whole second lockdown because we've got a hell of a long way to go. I mean, I'm sure we'll yes. be psychotic in about a week. Yeah. But I kind of feel that... I feel like it's going to work. And I am I basing that on one social media post that Dan Andrews did? Yes, I am. But nonetheless, I'm maybe confident <laughs> that it's going to work. And then if it does work, mm. I feel like there will be this extra level of pride. And I can imagine that in years to come, when people are talking about the pandemic, Victorians are going to be like, oh, you're talking about, oh, were you in Victoria? Oh, you didn't really go through the pandemic. so no, you did it. You, like, went where, it. you went through the. Soft we're, one. we're going to turn it around from being like yeah. where the poxy state to where the fucking tough yeah. state. And, we already uh, have. <laughs> Yeah, sure. But people,
0: I've already read posts people are like, yeah, this was sent to Victoria because we can handle it. Like I've already read people building that idea up that, you know, that, <laughs> that somehow the corona gods chose Victoria because we had the fortitude to stick to a second lockdown. Like that is some pretty great logic as far as I'm concerned.
1: <laughs> and it would also kind of feed into the forgiving Dan Andrews because it's like, yeah, you know what, did the government fuck up and we got a whole second wave? Of course it is, but oh. we're bigger than that. Yeah, no worries. We'll sort it. We'll just lock ourselves <laughs> down. We've got it.
0: <laughs> I'm very complicated about Dan Andrews and I pr- prior to the hotel situation, I, I would unequivocally say to you, fan of Dan Andrews, think he just has done a great job with our state, he truly does govern and lead, he doesn't get busy with the political bullshit side too much, he just ploughs forward with improvements And that's what I would have said before this, but now there's so many people affected and and angry and dead. Like, you know, all these – so many people have passed away and it can be directly linked back to this second wave. So it's just like it's it's Yeah, but then
1: again, I mean, there's also another part of me that thinks, you know, you hire a firm to do security. You're going to imagine, you know. He really
0: made – and, I mean, even if it wasn't him and it probably wasn't Dan Andrews that signed the bottom of the the check that said, sure, pay these guys – like the buck stops with him and he can't.
1: Oh, God, it's
0: so complicated.
1: <laughs> well, just as long as Brett Sutton emerges unscathed, I'm okay. <laughs> well. He should run for Premier. I mean, not that we have that system. You have to go into Parliament.
0: Yeah, it's not America. No. Uh, yeah, no, I would. Oh, who would I vote for on election day, Brett Sutton or Dan? Ooh, that would be really tearing me apart. But, I mean, I mean, we were talking before, if you manage to get celebrity during the pandemic, during COVID, it's really kind of intensified because there's not much else going on.
1: You know, oh, so. totally. I, yeah, and, yeah. and people can really delve into your online social media and oh, I'm yeah. finding that people rise to fame so quickly and it's so mm. intense. I mean, Brett Sutton, case in point, <laughs> Jock Fellow. <Zonfrillo, laughs> Melissa. I mm. mean, the, the true stars of the pandemic have been, who who were like, we didn't even know their names beforehand and now we're obsessed with them. Melissa really stands out to me, Leong. Mm. She's, mm. She could be Governor General now, I think. She really much. could.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Jock's on for I mean, Jock, obviously. I, I mean, I, I feel like no pandemic we would have noticed Jock, though, to be fair.
1: That's fair. Um... That's fair. Brett <laughs> Sutton, though, he completely oh, reliant yeah. on the pandemic. And I've got another couple of stars in the past oh. 24 hours. Well, no, one of them's been there the whole time. So Norman Swan. On ABC. The Corona cast, Yeah, which gets 80 gazillion downloads every single day. And that's where you should turn to if you want actual medical advice and not jizz jokes.
0: And it's really good. Like it's a quick hit. It comes out every day and you get kind of the latest stats and information presented by Norman Swan who has the most delicious accent and it's so like soothing and jovial that you feel okay.
1: Oh, you totally do totally do. And he's also quite, I mean, I'm not saying jock level, but he's also, I mean, this is an element of pandemic fame. I'm finding people sort of strangely attractive all the time, even Norman <laughs> Swan. But what's blown my mind is that his son is a US political reporter and is now the toast of mm-hmm. the entire world because he did a 45-minute interview with Donald Trump uh, that just was released yesterday. And it is extraordinary because unlike mm. any other reporter, he sits there reacting to Trump like... Like we would at home, but he's doing it right in front of him. Like when Trump says something stupid, he scrunches up his face and goes, What? And for some reason, Trump doesn't walk out, and it goes on and on and on. And basically, it set America ablaze because they've never seen a reporter act like that in front of Trump. and just hammer him with follow-up yeah. questions, like he just doesn't care.
0: Let's listen to a bit now.
1: It's surely a relevant statistic to say if the US has X population and X percentage of death of that population no, versus South you have to Korea go by the cases. We well, look at South Korea, if... for example, fifty-one million population, three hundred deaths. It's like it's you, you, crazy. You compared don't know to that. I do, it's you on You don't know that. John... Here's one right here. United States. You take anyway. the number of cases. Okay. Now look, we're last. Meaning we're first. Last? I don't know we what we're first in. Wait, A thousand wait. Americans are dying a day. But I understand. I understand on cases, it's different. No, but you're not reporting it correctly, Jonathan. I think I am, but... We test more. We have... But, now take a look. The top one, that's a good thing, not a bad thing. The, the top, Jonathan. If 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 hospital rates were going cases. down and deaths were going down, I'd say terrific. You deserve to be praised for well, testing. They but even, they're all going you up. You they very rarely. Hospi- Sixty thousand Americans are in hospital. If you watch the 1, news thousand dying or read day. the papers. They usually talk about new cases, new cases, new cases. I'm talking about death. Well, you look it's at death. Going up. Death is way down from where it was. It's it's a thousand death. a day. It was two and a half thousand. It went down to five hundred. Now it's going up death. again.
0: Jonathan Swan, good for you. God, he's going to be a hit. But also, he's now. going Gonna be like you know the wave of first you're the toast and he's gonna re- experience the wave and then all the backlash is gonna come so he's gonna go through all of that from all the Trump supporters and then the backlash to the backlash will come for the like it's it is a it is a very heady roller coaster the Corona fame it I is have to tell you
1: it's intense
0: <laughs> it's quick you know who else has caught my eye are uh, the deputy chief medical officer Dr Nick Coatsworth.
1: it was only a matter of time.
0: Nicky with the good hair, Nicky with the good hair. Oh, Nick has amazing hair. And I'm looking at young pictures of Nick. He's kind of got a Freddie Mercury jaw about him. And he's got like – he's got an overbite, but I don't – it doesn't make me mad. Like it, he's very handsome. So,
1: Look, he's very handsome. He's He's even more – in fact considerably more conventionally handsome than Sutton but see my thing is I feel like he's sort of slightly aware of it when he does his interviews whereas what I like about Brett Sutton and why I remain loyal to him (laughs) is he seems genuinely oblivious to his own attractiveness have I thought about this too much yes I have (laughs) have I ordered the Brett Sutton bedspread maybe yes but that's where you go with corona fame
0: well, I was looking for a Brett Sutton anxiety blanket, but no one's made one yet. But that seems to me like a marriage made in heaven.
1: Oh, totally does. <laughs> he is the human antidote to anxiety.
0: Would it be too far to ma- find out what he weighs and make the weighted blanket
1: <laughs> his weight?
0: <laughs> too far?
1: <laughs> Maybe or too genius. far, but they should, it should also come with a little like. It should have like little recordings, let like, little catchphrases oh, that. that he says that play just yes. to just to reassure you.
0: <laughs> I would love an anxiety blanket that even if it was just my voice. Chin up, bitch. it will be okay. Close your eyes now, doll. Off you go to sleep.
1: <laughs> it would actually it would be what does he say? It would be stuff like the vast majority of Victorians are doing the right thing. <laughs> Coupled with a bit of, we're not where we wanted to be.
0: (laughs) Oh, God. Okay. I can't believe it's taking me this long to bring it up. Where did your mind go when you heard Brett Sutton had resigned? Has he resigned? (laughs) What's going on?
1: It was the moment that stopped, if not a nation, then at least a state. And if not the entire (laughs) state, then at least everyone in the state that is attracted to men. (laughs) 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 <laughs> I went into a complete panic. You know I sent you 18 texts.
0: What a roller coaster? In capital letters. It was. Because first of all, I got Saturn has quit and I was like, what is going on? And then you're like, no, he hasn't quit. And then, (laughs) but he has. What's going on? But I, so officially now, haven't they said that he's just on leave until the 7th of August?
1: They have said that, yes. He's taking a break. For those of you who missed this whole thing, and it is possible that you probably missed it because it was, it was a hot 15 minutes. And by hot, I mean terrifying. There were unconfirmed (laughs) reports bursting out that Brett Sutton had either quit or been sacked by Dan Andrews. And (gasps) Either way, it was terrifying and, and uh, it's a mark of our deep, deep attachment to Sutton that basically we went into pretty much <laughs> panic mode. But, of
0: course, you know, I don't know if you're aware of this fact about me, but I am a conspiracy theorist.
1: And <laughs> oh, unfortunately, I am. Straight oh, away. where did she go?
0: Well, straight away I'm like, what does Sutton know? I feel like Dan and he are at odds. <laughs> I'm worried. And I feel like maybe he said to Dan, look, we have to talk about this hotel stuff now. And, like, we had the highest numbers. So, he was missing last Thursday yeah. Um, when we had the, the highest numbers. Missing today, which was now beat last Thursday. <clears throat> and I just feel like, I don't know. Or maybe they want to keep him kind of clean of the, having to deliver the really terrible news so they send out all the deputies when it's super bad. So if Sutton doesn't walk out at a presser, you know the numbers are bad. <laughs> like maybe it's
1: that. I just thought of it as he's worked through the whole weekend to prepare for this hyper stage four lockdown and he hasn't mm-hmm. had like 10 days off and so they sort of said to him, just let's get that lockdown happening a couple of days mm-hmm. in, you can have a rest. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. I don't know, Mm. but I, but I appreciate your conspiracy theories. And my other first thought was the only circumstances I would accept his resignation would be if he had been picked for the next season of The Bachelor and had to leave (laughs) immediately to do that. And I went on Twitter to make that joke and about 80 bazillion people had already made it.
0: (laughs) Because we still haven't confirmed his marital status. But like that is still a mystery. That's as big a mystery as if he's quit or not.
1: No, but you know? the, on the ABC News, I noticed one point, I mean, hats off to the ABC cameraman because when he's delivering his speeches, they hone in on his wedding ring. So,
0: oh, he's definitely married. Definitely married. Okay,
1: cool, 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 We cool, don't cool, cool. know male or female. <laughs> <laughs> you always laugh when I say that. I don't know. I think that you're, look, I mean, your gaydar is much more acute than mine, ironically, but um, I don't know. I don't know. If someone came out and said Brett Sutton married to a man, I believe it, or. or uh,
0: I feel like your gaydar is more wishful thinking. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you know, we'll obviously keep everyone posted as best we can. We were very <laughs> panicked today. It was an very. emotional roller coaster. I still feel like, and I want it marked down here. I want it marked that M. Rossiano on the Salation podcast said something stinks, something's fishy, the chicken's off. Oh, I know. Second S-
1: smell. Something's okay. going on between Dad yep. and um, and Daddy. <laughs> Dad and daddy. This <laughs> <Shut up. laughs> we just went to a really weird place. <laughs> but something is. There's something amiss. I and agree. also, they've, they've pushed back the date of the inquiry. It was September, now it's November. They've pushed it back. We're not going to find out oh. what went down between them for a long, long time. Something's happening.
0: That inquiry <laughs> has dug up some t- truly terrible things, and they don't want to release it because they want us to listen to Dan and daddy.
1: If you have to pick your side between Sutton
0: (laughs) and between Dan
1: and Sutton, who would you? Oh, Sutton. No question.
0: No, but can Sutton govern or can he just look hot and deliver bad news well? Oh, no, I'm not saying to take over. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I'd need to know the criteria on why I'm picking the other. Like, if it's just (laughs) hotness, like if it's just objectification, then obviously Sutton. Yeah. But if it's anything else, I don't know enough <laughs> about the man's credentials.
1: Okay, maybe this is a sign we should wait for more information.
0: I just want it noted that I said something's stinky, something's fishy, something's going on, it's not good. I just want it noted, okay?
1: Time will reveal all, we hope.
0: Oh, we did want to briefly touch on what's happening with Ellen. We did speak about it a few weeks ago and um, – Obviously there's now – it just seems to keep getting worse. So initially it was just she's mean and then a few staffers came out and said actually everyone who works on the show is kind of rubbish. Like there's a lot of the top-end executive producing team that are pretty awful. And then it's gone further and there's been sexual um, misconduct allegations and now the entire show is being investigated by Warner Brothers. Mm. And this whole time I've kind of been going, where are all the A-listers that Ellen is – Always, you know, like she's kind of known. She she took that famous selfie, you know, at the Oscars with all her A-list best buddies.
1: She is generally, unless you're Dakota Johnson, she is a soft landing for a celebrity. I mean, you know, everyone from Lizzo to Tay-Tay to Madge to everyone, Bradley Cooper, I mean, they come onto her show and get love, 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 love. I know. and No
0: one has stuck. Where's Oprah? Where is Oprah show me that receipts? Has she been texting her in private? Has she, because those two obviously were rivals, but then came to be friends. Yes. And if anyone can soothe the masses of, you know, hate and hysteria, it's one Oprah Winfrey silence.
1: Well, I suppose, but I think the problem with is at the moment, the spotlight's really on her. I mean, it's on her hugely, of course, mm. but um, the actual allegations are mm. specifically about her executive. So I guess mm. if you're Oprah, you don't want to come out and say, you know, there's nothing to see here and then find out that there, you know, there was incre- an incredibly abusive executive. So, well, as Katy Perry learned
0: yesterday, Katy Perry's come forward, one of the only ones, <gasps> and, uh, and what said, she she said, um, I can only speak to my experience, but I've always been treated very kindly and well on the Ellen show. And she's bought, you know, raised money and bought light and acceptance to many households. Da, 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 da. Um, you, I love you, my friend. And she's been slammed, obviously. And people just said, Katie, you should have stopped at. I can't speak to other people's experience. People are pointing out her privilege that she's a super, uber famous person. And of course, Ellen was nice to her. Um, The allegations are about staffers and underlings who aren't considered as important as Ellen. Like she's really been squashed. Kevin Hart has also said, oh, everyone's being really hateful. She's amazing, da-da-da. So they're the two main kind of big famous people, the only, and her wife kind of, but
1: yes. Oh, no, her wife did a whole I stand with Ellen DeGeneres hashtag, like puts the tile on on Instagram and, yeah. That was weird. Well, I mean, of course you stand with her, Portia. You're actually <laughs> you're legally obliged you're to, to until <laughs> death do you part.
0: But that felt for me like putting the tile up was like we've just, everyone's been doing that for Black Lives Matter and it just feels like a, aligning what Ellen's going through with, you know, the, the true reason we put tiles up and the reason we do do the online activism felt a bit of a stretch. Mm. I mean, because if Ellen didn't work another day ever again, if she went away oh. and recoup, you know, she would be yeah. fine. She'd be
1: fine, and her children and her grandchildren—not that yeah. there are any of those at the moment—but um, yeah, yeah. But it's
0: isn't it interesting? The stacks on, like, because there's not much else going on, and this has happened during this pandemic. Everyone is just looking for something to sink their teeth into, and Ellen happens to be the one juicy chicken that it's happening to.
1: The dark side of the pandemic fame. You can you can rise so quickly, but there's Again. a lot of people with a lot of time and, on their hands and, yes, and Twitter is find. so febrile. Ooh. Click, 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 click.
0: <laughs> well, look, I, I do want to give some people something positive to take away um, from the pod. I have obviously kind of dedicated myself to whenever I'm not working or with the baby or doing all the other things. I do manage to fit in a lot of telly, mainly because I don't sleep. Um, and I came across these amazing short docos and I wanted to let everyone know about them because I do like to give you things to watch and give homework. And you need to watch them too, Michael Lucas, because you haven't watched them yet. No. So the first one is called the Claudia Kishi Club. Now, those of you astute emsalation listeners will know who Claudia Kishi is. Say it out loud. Babysitter's Club. That's right, guys. <laughs> Everyone in their cars who knew all the women and possibly gay men who read Babysitter's Club knew <laughs> Babysitter's Club. Thank Astute you.
1: listeners and also listeners who were children in the 90s. <laughs> no. 80s.
0: You didn't know who Claudia Kishi was?
1: No, I know. I didn't know. It's true. Mm. Weirdly, Babysitter's Baby Babysitter's
0: <laughs> baby Club, that's a different show. That is a different show altogether. Oh, Don't Google image that.
1: <laughs> Babysitter's Club, for some reason. That and Sweet Valley High just passed me by. I can't explain it. Oh, Sweet
0: Valley High. (laughs) Oh, my God, Jessica and Elizabeth. And one was a slutty twin and one was the bookish twin. Oh, my God, Sweet Valley High. So many Horrible tropes, so bad. But I did read a lot of them. So trashy. It's mm. kind of the natural progression from Babysitter's Club is the Sweet Valley High Girls. But the Babysitter's Club was so amazing because it was kind of – Claudia Kishi was the first Asian character to be fully realised and not just a bunch of horrible stereotypes. Yeah. And a lot of – um, I, I, she was my favourite character mainly because she wore crazy earrings and wore really bright outfits. And oh. there were some problematic things like that. she was always described as having almond eyes and I don't – I think that was the you know
1: yes, there's something it does the, feel a yeah, little uncomfortable, yeah. doesn't it, was, it?
0: There's a few uncomfortable things, but you know, by and Put large, it in context. a lot of Asian girls, Asian American girls, Asian Australian girls, Asian English girls felt represented for the first time. Yeah, like she was really cool, and she and she also wasn't like the traditional perfect Asian child who – she was artistic, she loved art and she hated maths and science and she wore big side ponytails and groovy scrunched down socks and I was drawn to her character because she was just – I never even really realised that she was Asian, you know, until mm. – I don't know because they never really explicitly said it. Mm. And she had a really close relationship with her grandmother. and So this Docco kind of interviews a bunch of um, kind of amazing Asian-American creatives and they just talk about how much of an impact Claudia Kishi had on them. And it goes for like 20 minutes and is so wholesome and so lovely and everyone should watch it who read The Babysitter's Club.
1: I've got another, you know one other Asian um, character of the 1980s that I would really want to check in on? (laughs) is do you remember short round from indiana jones in the temple of doom oh, or sure. he was also in the goonies
0: the goonies
1: now i don't think he's such a tribe for representation because oh. he was kind of like the gadget gizmo whiz kid but i swear mm-hmm. every kid of the 80s identified with him and this whole notion of you could be best friends with indiana jones and go on adventures with him and all that sort of stuff and he was in my world a superstar and i don't know <laughs> what happened to that guy
0: <laughs> you should check in on him. two Tell
1: iconic him. films and then as far yeah. as i know out and you know Go out while while you're on top.
0: While you're on top, yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, you and I are always drawn to those characters, and this is why. Then the Doco that I watched um, two days ago. Everyone has to go and watch this straight away. You have to leave this podcast recording and go and watch it. It's called Speed Cubers. It is the most wholesome thing. It is the most divine, glorious forty minutes. It's directed um, by I think it's Sue Kim, and it explores the world of competitive speed cubers. But it most I mean, I'm going to need you to
1: explain to me what speed cubing is.
0: So Rubik's cubes,
1: obviously. (laughs)
0: yeah. So these guys are the top of the top. They go so fast that their hands are blurred. Like they solve cubes in six seconds. Like the world record is for a three by three. I know all the language now, guys. Like the three by three world record is like something in the fives and then they do four by fours, five by fives, and they have all these categories. And for the last ten years, the world champion has been an Aussie guy, Felix Zemdex, oh, and he, yeah, Australia, yeah. Yes, and the can, I just want to briefly talk about like the, the patrons and the competitors of the speed cubing championships are people we would have been friends with at high school. That's how we gently put this. <laughs> just so amazing, <laughs> just the, the most pinnacle of nerdum. Yeah, I don't even know where to start. It was gorgeous to watch. It was so amazing. These guys all have team tracksuits on on. It's the closest any of them are going to get to sport. I 100 stand behind that statement. <laughs> Well, so there
1: we, would be a sort of a physical dexterity element to it. I
0: mean. Their fingers and their wrists for sure, but there's a lot of sitting when you're working on a Rubik's Cube. But also those guys just walk around clack, clack, clacking the whole time. The the Cubers never don't have cubes in their hand. Like they'll, they'll be um, driving on a bus oh, at Jesus. school in yeah. a restaurant. They're always clack, 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 clacking. So we meet Felix Zemdegs and then we meet. Max Parks. And these two like Max is basically his usurper. Max Parks mm. is up and coming and is smashing through all of Felix's world records. But the, the most beautiful thing, and this is what the Doco focuses on, is the friendship between them because Max has autism. And he's this big, tall, um, Asian American guy. He's like six foot four, he's seventeen now, but he has he's like an eight-year-old, really, in terms of development. And um, he was Felix was Max's hero. He was absolute hero and the first person he ever had the confidence to ask for an autograph and the first person he ever pointed at, which is a big deal for autistic kids. And his parents got him into cubing to help him with his fine motor skills, but then they t- turned out to be this freak at it. And then Max um, is with Felix at co- competitions and smashing Felix. But the thing is Felix congratulates him and says, I'm proud of you Aww. after he's beaten him. And after he smashed his world record, and every time he does it, even because Max lives in America, every yeah. time he does it, Felix will FaceTime him and go, congratulations, I'm so proud of you, even though he's just beaten Felix's record.
1: Oh, that's sportsmanship at its finest.
0: It's, it's heartwarming.
1: So it's really nourishing is, things.
0: And like, and when they go to dinner, like at a competition, they're all out for dinner and he makes sure that Max eats his vegetables because Felix is the only person Max listens to.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's
0: it's inspirational. The most Wholesome and then, um, although yeah, yeah,
1: typically I am thinking, do you think there would be a crossover skill between being an amazing cuba and being good in bed, or do you think that they're mutually exclusive?
0: I don't know. I mean, you're very good with your hands, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, we could, I'm we're going to work hard, so I want to interview Felix because I think he's and he's based in Melbourne. Maybe
1: don't ask him that question.
0: I'll I'll just say it's from you. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Michael, my co host, wants to know, does your Adapt fingertips translate to the bedroom. <laughs> hey,
1: um, if you feel weird about this, he also put the same question, just Jock's on Frillo. So <laughs> you're in good company.
0: But it's just so wholesome. And it's 40 minutes. And if you're struggling to concentrate, as I am, I can't watch movies at the moment. I have to watch.
1: Television yeah, series. I know. I get it. I'm also desperate to understand how your algorithms work. I mean, I know you watch a lot of things, but <laughs> how do you end up like, I've not heard of these docos, short docos on Netflix. You have gone to the yeah. outer reaches of the Netflix galaxy.
0: Uh, I think they, cause I like watching, I do like watching docos. I'm addicted to passion. So I'll watch a doco on an apple farmer. If he's the most passionate apple mm. farmer in the world and he's mm. named all his kids apple and his, his home is decorated with apples. And It doesn't matter what the subject is. The niche and more obsessed to the person, the more on board I am. Yeah. So Netflix has figured that out because I get sent things from, like, you know, people who are chasing aliens. The Flat Earther documentary came to me as soon as it was
1: released. Mm. Like,
0: Netflix knows that I have a quirk for freaks.
1: (laughs) She likes drag queens, passionate nerds, and buff vikings. Just send that all to her.
0: That's it. And what a (laughs) scope. What a range
1: I do think there's a passionate nerd element to like drag race for
0: sure. 100%. Anything I can be yeah, I, I, of course. There's, <laughs> there's so many stats. It's it's my sport. Like as much as <laughs> as much as other people know about fantasy football, I have fantasy drag race. I belong to Facebook groups. We talk about who would make the ultimate, you know, series. We talk about the ultimate hosts and judges and oh my god. I need to do a whole Drag Race podcast with someone else because that is the one thing you and I don't have the same passion level on is Drag Race.
1: I really do feel like I'm letting you down. Like it, I, I think if we, if when we tally up the greatest failings of my friendship, <laughs> I think it's pretty much at the top. Just didn't, just didn't get into Drag Race enough, although I would happily watch it with you, but I'm never going to be as fired up.
0: No, you won't, you won't. I'm gonna give everyone a book to read as well, which I'm halfway through and I'm loving Phosphorescence <gasps> by Julia Baird. On all wonder and things that sustain you when the world goes dark. I mean, if that's not a front cover, that doesn't give this you a This is nonfiction. Non fiction by Julia Baird. It kind of encourages you. She's had cancer a number of times. She's been close to death a number of times. Extraordinary Australian journalist and writer. And she, um, phosphorescence, I mean, it's, you know, it's the kind of glow algae within the ocean.
1: Like, that really nice. it. Well. Yes, no. I, thank you for your scientific analysis. Yes. <laughs>
0: You know, it's like it's a yeah. scientific phenomenon. Yeah. And she's she's kind of started chasing it but also found ways to tie it into f- people finding the light within themselves, like right. finding a way to light the dark. It's really, really good. I'm loving it. Phosphorescence, what's your recommendation? My for recommendation
1: is a novel. It's called The Bus mm. on Thursday. It's Australian. It's by Shirley oh. Barrett and it's about sort of a young late 20s teacher who gets breast cancer mm. and and then takes a job in a remote, town of like 250 people where there's only one teacher and it's the tone of it. It's so, I'm going to describe it. In fact, because the blurb <laughs> describes it as Bridget Jones meets The Exorcist meets Twin Peaks. And it's, wow, uh, uh, yeah, I know. It's it's savagely funny and you might be put off by thinking, oh, do I want to read about someone with breast cancer at the moment? But it's so acerbic and so sort of surprising and um, I'm, I'm devouring it.
0: Oh, before I go, my favourite, one of my all-time favourite comedies is on SBS On Demand, Difficult People. Oh,
1: yes, yes, Billy Eichner.
0: Billy Eichner, I cannot. If you just want something, it is black. The comedy is really dark, um, but it's so good, and it's one of it's one of my it's one of the bravest comedies I think that's ever been written. They go there. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> All right. Well, hopefully that sustains you. We've given you plenty to think about. Uh, Michael, go and watch cubers so we can talk about it. I will. Thank you. Good. And uh, we'll chat later in the week.
1: Indeed. All right.
0: Oh, Will we? Will we? No, we won't today? because
1: it's, it's
0: – Chat next week. Yeah. Okay, bye.
1: This is Emsolation.
0: Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Hey, I've got a bit of homework for you. Our podcast is growing in numbers and it's so good to see. Uh, And the way that my stuff usually gets up and out there and and big is because of word of mouth, because of my community. Because people like me, you know, short brown hair, tattoos, left-leaning, not a size eight – Lot of opinions generally only get ahead when they find a like-minded community to champion them, and that's you. So I was hoping today you could post about Emulation on your social media, and it doesn't matter how big or small your following is. Look, if you've got a million followers, great, but um, I would love for you to tag the Emulation podcast, and I'd love for you to take a photo of yourself where you're listening or just anything to do with us, tag us and recommend us because that helps. Every little bit helps and I always prefer it to come from the mouths of the people I care about, you guys, my community. If you don't like the podcast and you don't want to spread the word, fine, but maybe just keep that to yourself. And what are you doing here? (laughs) Why are you listening? (laughs) Now that wouldn't be the case. So um, I'm looking forward to getting tagged in a lot of emsalation recommendation posts. Can't wait to see how creative you get. And if you're in Melbourne, honestly, what else are you doing? Maybe you could do a TikTok to one of them. I don't know. But the emulation recommendations need to be flowing. That's what I want to see. This is going to buoy me, it's going to bring me up in this time. But that's it. Thank you for being here. Look after yourselves. Have a nice weekend. Maybe do some pottering in the garden. I don't know. Find something. I've been doing a lot of oil pasteling, I've really been enjoying that. Um, I've been, you know, painting my nails. (laughs) I've been spray painting everything. Just find little things that make you happy. Just Even if it's just washing your hair, just feel your fingertips on your scalp. You know, just give yourself a few minutes. Um, and we'll chat soon. Bye. Bye.